Good evening, Hampton Roads, Southern Virginia, Northern North Carolina, and internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned into WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges, and welcome to this broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. God did design and institute marriage and the family to build our society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture, warped God's original design, and became the source of all this negative that we see, feel, and hear in the world. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. Again, welcome to Marriage and Family Clinic here at WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Tonight's a very special night. I have a special guest with me. I have none other than our sister, Monica Parker. She's a member of the Great Cathedral of Faith, Church of God in Christ. And this is, I don't mind telling you that this is an exciting, enthused, uh, vibrant young lady. She's just full of zest, zeal uh, for life. And I really enjoy being around her. It's a privilege and honor that she would spend a little time with me on this evening. I asked her to come in and we're going to take a particular angle on uh, personal finances and uh, finances for marriage and the family this evening. So again, I want you to give a warm welcome to Sister Monica Parker. Hey, Monica, how are you? I am well, Bishop. Thank you very much and thank you for inviting me on. Definitely my pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. Now look, you all should know that Monica is, is a trained counselor. She's a professional counselor. She's been in the counseling business for over 20 years. She has a master's degree in human services counselor. Uh, so she's been around a little while. One thing that I really appreciate about her, she is into families and she's into children. Uh, she's a staunch advocate for children and their welfare. She works close with Norfolk and Virginia Beach schools uh, here in the Hampton Road area. Uh, she's also very, very, very active in our churches and she sponsors uh, several workshops and uh, we're going to get into that in just a little bit but even as we're going that way Monica why don't you why don't you tell us about some of the things that you're into here okay well at our local church I am over the urban initiative or I am the urban initiative coordinator um, just simply put I plan programs workshops and events to benefit the community and empower them to take advantage of opportunities to live their best life. Um, some of the things we do are financial workshops. For a matter of fact, we have one coming up this weekend, um, Saturday, April 20th at 12 noon at Cathedral of Faith, Church of God in Christ. That addresses 2020 Portlock Road in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I also collaborate with our counseling center that we have there to offer um, counseling on depression, anxiety, and different things along those lines. Um, also, I'm a youth leader, and I love, again, working with youth, as Bishop Hodges has stated. They are my prized possessions. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, listen, and I want to reiterate that on this coming Saturday morning, uh, we will have that financial workshop at Cathedral of Faith Church of God in Christ, and that's located at 2020 Portlock Road here in the city of Chesapeake. Uh, if you're not busy, you need some uh, interesting, some good, solid, intelligent information dealing with finances, feel free to stop by 
and visit with us. Uh, Monica's going to be presenting. Uh, I'm going to be presenting, and we're just going to have a really good time. Again, welcome aboard tonight, uh, Monica on Marriage and Family Clinic. And, and we want to talk about uh, finances as it pertains to marriages and the family, uh, because so many families, uh, uh, marriages especially, are divorcing at a rate of 50% or better, and most of those are divorcing over the subject of money. Money is a problem in there somewhere. And as I've said on the preceding couple of weeks here, money is so important. We're going to be in a relationship with money so long for all of our lives. We need to understand how to deal with it and how to handle it. So let's go ahead and get into the discussion here, Monica. Uh, I know that uh, time will probably run out before you know it, <laughs> but we... We're going to make the best of it. Well, you know, when we're talking about uh, uh, finances for marriages and, and the family, Monica, what, what do you think are three money myths that prevent people from uh, moving up, from moving forward, for obtaining their dreams, from seeing their goals? What are three myths that we operate by? Um, okay, this one um, I thought is maybe a little tricky because there are so many different elements that shape the way people see, spend, or purpose money. But I will say this, it's never too late to give attention to managing money matters. Um, so I guess the myth of that would be that it's not too late to start or start over. Um, as she stated, it is very unfortunate. Um, divorce, whether in church or out of church, is, is ending at like 50% of marriages. Mm -hmm. So um, no matter where you find yourself in that place, it's never too late to start managing your money, to start looking at what you have, what you don't have don't matter. What you do is look at what you do have mm. and you begin working from there. Yes, yes. Um, I would say it's um, another myth is um, we do not have anything to save. It's not a matter of how much. It's a matter of getting started. Even if an individual simply starts saving the change they receive at a grocery store or while shopping, it adds up. Um, for example, I had a friend who shared with me how her and her sons began to just save the change that they had from when they went out. And at the end of the year, they had saved over $400. Wow. And then there's another way. There's plenty of ways to save. It's just about being advantageous um, and thinking it through. Um, excessive spending or frequent fast food visits are common. Um, ways in which we think about overspending, but if you cut back on some of those things like that, um, you'll be able to, to um, save money with ease. Um, another myth is that the man in the home has to handle the money. Now, that might be a good <laughs> I am supportive of the men in the home as head of the household making the final decisions, mm -hmm. but it is important for a man to recognize and accept his wife's help if needed. Managing does not equate to controlling because at the end of the day, God is in control. But I do believe it's important for spouses to recognize each other's abilities and talents and to establish their roles accordingly. You know, I like how you uh, included that, the importance of husbands and wives working together, because some men uh, believe in the myth that because I am the man, I have to control and I'm not being a man if I don't control. But, you know, it's shame and it's, it's a little bit silly to think that 
if you don't know math well, then right. you would control the finances. Right. Uh, let your wife help you. You don't, you won't lose face. And it doesn't mean that you're not macho and you're not a man because you allow your spouse to help you. You know what? A wise husband and a wise wife will key on each other's strength. Right. They'll build, build each other up in their weaknesses and they will allow each other to maximize their strengths because that's what's best for the marriage. And at the end of the day, you know, at least I'll speak for myself. At the end of the day, I'm looking for both me and my wife to be productive and to prosper right. in this world. And, you know, and I'm listening to you talk there. Uh, uh, one myth seems to be definitely, and you mentioned you hit on it a little bit, that a lot of people don't think that they can accumulate anything because right. they don't have much. I began to practice something that I heard 20, 30 years ago almost, and that is it doesn't matter how much you earn. It matters how much you keep. Right. Doesn't make any difference how much you make. It makes all the difference in the world how much of that you keep. And what some folks don't understand is that we have people who make millions of dollars a year, but they're dead broke hmm. because they don't keep anything. And that leads to another myth, and that is you have to have a lot of money to make money. You know, and you hit on it so wonderfully there, Monica. Uh, you, you, you have to make the best of what you have. You have to deal wisely with what you have. And, and, and I believe it's too easy for us to get into the mode of living beyond our means yes. and not living within our means. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That makes the world of a difference because mm -hmm. we do. We are trusted. God entrusts us with 90%. Yeah. What are we doing with that 90%? Yeah. yeah. You know, we have um, and an, another great thing or another huge thing that really uh, stifles or takes away our money and keeps us back is our knowledge of mm -hmm. how to use money yes. and the purpose of yes. money. Um, you know, I can think about when you talk about debt, I know, you know, there's always this big, huge, dark cloud of debt. But when you think about it, eliminating debt is just a matter of discipline. Right. It's a matter of having a mindset to understand. I have a goal and I have a purpose of being financially successful. Right. So if I focus on that goal, if a husband or wife can come together and have a vision for their family and they focus on that goal, then it's easier to begin to address and eliminate debt. Mm -hmm. It's easier to begin to say, right. hey, we're going to repay our credit because now you have a vision. You have something that you're working towards. Yeah. So those things that seem like mountains before become much smaller right. when you're actually able to put a plan. That's yeah. right. And, you know, now that you mentioned debt, boy, you want to hear a good talk on debt, you should listen to last week's broadcast where we talked about debt and getting out of debt, handling debt. Uh, and as I stated last week, I'll reiterate this week, debt is not a friend. Debt is a fearsome foe. Debt doesn't mean us any good whatsoever. And, and you know, I, I uh, love to listen to Dave Ramsey sometimes and mm. hear the couples on there doing their debt-free screening uh, and how they've gotten rid of 40, 50, 60, 100, 200, yes. $300,000 debt in two or three years or so. How in the world do you do that? Well, you have to want it bad enough. Right. And, you know, when you're establishing your mind that you want 
financial success. You want financial independence. You're going to get your money together. When you decide in your mind that's what you want, and when you're willing to expend the effort to make it happen, then that's exactly what's going to happen. But you made the point so beautifully, and it's so true, that uh, how we think and feel about money makes all the difference in the world. And when you approach money with no plan, then you're planning to be separated from your money. Right. <laughs> that is true. You know, that and that, true. that's just the bottom line. Uh, you need to, we need to learn how to assign a mission to our dollars. Yes. If you don't assign a mission to your dollar, then your dollar's mission is to leave your pocket. And you don't know where it's going. And it's real good. I appreciate that information. You know, and, and, and we listen to people talk about the myths of finances and finances and and we start breaking down finances into gender into cultures into uh uh so forth and so on but you know we we minister uh uh to predominantly african-american congregations you know the clientele that we deal with most of the folks that you see in urban initiatives they're going to be african-american uh, most of the folks that come to us are going to be our african-americans not necessarily the way that we desire to be may not be the ideal situation, but it is what it is. Uh, that being the case, though, do you really think that it's necessary to us, for us to draw a line or to distinguish uh, black finances from white finances? What, what do you think about that? Um, well, I think there's just one set of rules when yeah. it comes to finances. Mm. Um, however, I believe that the rules are not taught nor understood across the board. I believe there are fundamental rules to obtaining wealth that the wealthy teach their children. Mm. However, those same rules, I believe African Americans may not be as familiar with. Therefore, mm -hmm. they do not teach their children the same thing. Right. Um, I was at an event at Slaughter Library where I believe it was Robert Putnam talked about his book, American Dream, My Kids in Crisis, in, when he, in which he mentioned how the poor is getting poor mm -hmm. and the rich is getting richer and mm -hmm. it's not changing. And the reason it's not changing is because the poor does not have the same information mm -hmm. that the rich do. Hence, mm -hmm. the reason why at Urban Initiative, we're collaborating with different ones like yourself to come in to do financial workshops to right. teach people what the wealthy already know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I need African Americans to come in. Mm -hmm. or I need anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Who have uh, lower, low income, even middle class to come in so you can see what you don't know. Mm -hmm. People don't always mm -hmm. know what you don't know. Don't know what you so don't know. So I need know. you to come in because even if you feel like you know it all, then great. You can contribute and teach right. us some things as right. well. But I believe at the end of the day, it's one set of rules. Yeah. It's just a matter of learning. Yeah. Um, um, learning what you need to learn about those yeah. rules and how to apply those rules. And let me make mm -hmm. it clear. I am aware that there are, are, are discrepancies, right, there's discriminations, right. and there's unjust things that take place in the workplace, so on and so forth. I am aware of that. But mm -hmm. overall, yeah. I mean, there's one set of rules, and then if we all learn how to use them, yeah. then we should all get to a measure of wealth. Right, you know? right. And, you know, I certainly do hope that nobody would think that, uh, because I agree with you, one set of rules, but I certainly hope that nobody would think that we are saying there's no racism, there's no discrimination, Absolutely. there are no disenfranchised exactly. people, right. and the list goes on. You know all of those obstacles and statistics that are against us. However... Uh, uh, the truth of the matter is there's one set of rules. Right. There's a way to work with money. 
and and we really do need to pass knowledge on. A, a simple a, a simple axiom, a simple model, such as, uh, 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 for example, if you do things to stay poor, you'll always stay poor. Right. Playing the lottery is doing something to stay poor. Right. I want to break this down in the simplest terms. When you do things like playing the lottery, you're doing something to stay poor. You know, every now and then, my wife on the way to work, and I, uh, my wife and I will be on the way to work in the morning. Here it is, 5.30 in the morning. We'll stop at 7-Eleven for a cup of coffee or a donut or whatever the case may be. And here's somebody in 7-Eleven, 5.30 in the morning, buying lottery tickets. And I've actually seen a gentleman almost come to blows with the store clerk because she didn't give him the right lottery ticket. And I'm wow. thinking to myself, sir, wow. you're doing something. You have a practice, a habit there that's going to help ensure that you remain poor. Right. If you believe that you're actually going to hit the lottery, you're doing something that's going to help you remain poor. You know, I, I want to take a moment here just to remind you that you're listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Hey, again, I need you to contact me. I need you to con uh, get in touch with me. Send me an email, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook. You can find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. But do something to contact and communicate with me. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that the presentations are meaningful. You're getting something out of them. Let me know if you have another subject you would like for us to discuss. Let me know if I'm wasting time. Whatever it is on your mind, just get in touch with us, please. All right. You know, one thing I see uh, 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 where cultures are concerned, and you made the point so perfectly clear there, is that uh, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, yes, our brothers and sisters of the Caucasian persuasion, uh, they seem to have a long tradition of passing wealth on and knowing what to do with money. Whereas it seems like, and you know, anytime you talk about race, seems like there's no winning side. There's no way to come out well. But we're going to step off in it tonight. We're going to hit it just a little bit. But uh, when I look around at African-Americans, we, we don't pass wealth on uh, and we don't own much. I actually heard Asian billionaires say, I've actually read their quotes, blacks in America don't own anything. So they don't respect us. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we're going to change that, first of all, we need to change it for ourselves. But right. the only way that we're going to change it is change our minds change about our the minds. way yes. that we right. feel and think about money and gain for ourselves the knowledge required to be successful in handling money. Right. And in listening to you, um, I'm wrestling because I, I don't, it's not a myth to me, but I really believe that um, as a people, there's a possibility, I'll put it like that, that we don't believe mm -hmm. that we can obtain wealth. Yeah. I believe that belittling mm -hmm. systemic segregation situation that we had many years ago yeah. has over the years allowed us to feel like we're not worth it. Mm -hmm. We're not valuable. We can't have anything. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's ingrained in that thought process. Mm -hmm. I've seen individuals who will spend money to present themselves in a certain way so they can feel right. like they uh -huh. have money, so they can look like mm -hmm. they have money, but you're living 
you know, in situations that are not necessarily the best right. or you could be actually spending money toward home ownership or something along yeah. those lines, yeah. but you're trying to look the parts so you can feel good. Mm-hmm. And I understand the need to feel great, the need to feel successful, mm-hmm. but we can make it a reality that we can just take a minute to step back mm. and say, okay, I don't have it, but I can get it. Mm-hmm. It is doable. Mm-hmm. But if we set forth a goal for ourselves, yeah. it may not happen in a year or two or three, but if you set yourself on the right track, right. Right. it's visible for down the lines. And not only that, we teach our children mm-hmm. how to manage money. Mm-hmm. We teach them to choose things instead of getting them everything. Mm-hmm. We teach them to choose. We allow them to earn what they receive, earn mm-hmm. what they get, and then teach them how to save money and spend a little money. Mm-hmm. So if we begin to teach those type principles, we can begin to get our mindset right and teach our children. Now, you, you may, someone may leave here before they get to see the benefits, but we can pioneer a new mindset right. for African Americans right. overall. Right. They begin to make us equivalent when it comes to wealth because when you look at it, we, we've proven we can do anything anybody mm-hmm. else can do it. A lot of times we do it better. Better. We do it better. But at the same time, when it comes to money, I feel like we, at times we overspend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We spend unnecessarily. Yes, yes. Um, we spend emotionally, especially mm-hmm. women. We spend emotionally, <laughs> but um, it, it's very doable. Yeah. it's very doable. Yeah. I mean, if I can just give an example. Sure. Um, I have a, a daughter who put herself on, like a on a budget, mm-hmm. and she purposed that she was only going to spend a very small amount of money a mm-hmm. month. Now, she was able to do this because she was she's single, but she put herself on a very small budget mm. of groceries to see if she could discipline herself not to spend beyond, you know, that certain amount, mm-hmm. and it was under $50 for the month. Now, at the end of the month, she said she was tired of potatoes, you know, and I'm tired of certain little things like that, and, yeah. and eating vegetables. But the point is, she wanted to prove to herself that she is disciplined. Right, right. And in doing that, she has looked up other ways. She is now ah. very well off. Right. She right. doesn't bloat it. You wouldn't see it. But mm-hmm. she's very well because she's learned how to budget. She's disciplined yeah. herself. She's eliminated her debt. She's yeah. watched her credit. Yeah. She's monitored things. She's taken wow. those steps. And she did her own research. Yeah, yeah. See, so, again, education in that regards, knowledge is power. Right. Right. And I would love again to be able to share that with anyone who's willing to come out right. to the workshop so we can begin to teach our people yeah. how to prosper and how to make money because yeah. we can do it too. Yeah. Another issue. Now, now, <laughs> now Monica, I, I, I want to back up here. Okay. I want to back this truck up and make sure I heard you right. All right. Did you actually say teach our children to work yes. and to earn yes. money? Okay. You mean that they shouldn't grow up expecting to be given everything you mean that i wait a minute i want to make sure i understand this right. do you are, are you insinuating that they should actually contribute to sustaining the home absolutely it's called family contribution oh, is what it's wow. called you know and I, i'm not gonna really touch on allowances <laughs> because i have our own story about we, that i feel like it's family we'll get that one next time <laughs> yes but it is possible to have your children earn i have a home-based business mm-hmm. I have learned that one of the best tax breaks you're going to get is a home-based business. Mm. Um, our president took away some of our tax credits right. um, that normally benefit right. lower-income families. 
But however, that money was delegated and put out to individual home-based businesses mm -hmm. or small businesses. Mm -hmm. So whereas in years past, I could pay my child um, between a certain age $600 a year right. to right. work for me at home. And I get to write that off on my taxes. Mm -hmm. um, our president has moved that to $1,200 now. Mm -hmm. But how many African Americans have their own home-based mm -hmm. business? How many of them know that wow. they can have a home-based business? Mm -hmm. And have their children work for them. Mm -hmm. So the clothes you normally buy for school, your kid can now pay for their own clothes with the same money you would have paid for it, but they're paying for right, it because they right. worked for you. They worked They've for earned it. it. You know, and so. they will take care of it much better. much better. Believe you me, you may be listening this evening and you may have heard this before, but when you earn it, yes, you're going to take care of it better. Absolutely. You're going to appreciate it more. There's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with it. And you know, I think another thing that we miss is we miss the fulfillment, the enjoy, the sense of empowerment right. that comes from earning and achieving. I so appreciate the uh, uh, anecdote you just told us about your daughter. And, and I can imagine her jumping up and down just full of glee. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine her walking up and down the street just as secure in her person. Yes, because yes. she knows what she's capable of. She has experienced the feeling of that achievement. Right. And, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about your emotional attachment to money. Yes. I think you were listening in the window. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking about your emotional attachment to money and spending to feel better. Yes. Your heart broken, so you go buy something. I'm guilty that I have been. been <laughs> you've been rejected or got yeah. turned down for a job, so you go spending money and you go on the spending bench. You got to be disciplined. Yeah. You have to be disciplined. And Monica, this is one thing that I've said about discipline uh, in the family. The purpose of discipline is to train and lead and guide a child into growing into yes. becoming an adult yes. who can put themselves in check. Right. They don't need anybody to put themselves. They can monitor their own conduct, their own behavior, their own thinking and put themselves in check. And we need money discipline. Put ourselves in check because in order to feel good, so many of us will believe that we're getting a good deal to go out and buy a brand new car and to get the monthly payments where we can handle it. We'll sign a contract to pay for the car for seven years. And at the end of seven years, we still owe a few thousand and it's worth just a few hundred. Right. Not such a good deal after all. No. And so we, we definitely have to spread the knowledge. We definitely have to get on board with the teaching aspect of this whole thing. Absolutely. And like you stated, it does teach them um, to look at money differently as far as the children are concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I know, again, I, I let my son to work for me, mm -hmm. but he's not so quick now to say I want. Because right. I say, well, you have your own money now. And then he realizes he doesn't really want what he thought he wanted yeah. before. So it teaches yeah. again, start out with discipline. Oh. And when it comes to credit and purchasing vehicles, when your credit is um, poor, yeah. your interest rate is higher. higher. If your interest rate is higher, that takes more money from the family. Right. Right. So being able to manage your debt, get your debt down, and improve your credit score, gives you better interest rates. Mm -hmm. Better interest rates equals more money back in your pocket. More money back in your pocket means more money you can save. More money yeah. you save means a better life down yeah. the road. Yeah. With that generational yeah. and creating financial legacies yeah. for our families. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, I remember reminding me of uh, uh, almost 30 years ago when uh, 
my wife and I, we needed a new car. And I made up my mind then that, you know what? I only want to spend this much a month and I only want to pay for it for this many years. So bam, bam, bam. This is how much I have for a car. I went to the car lot. He tried his best, but I was stuck. Stuck to you guys. This is it. This is now I drove off the lot in a Ford Festiva. Okay. But I was in my lane. All right. I was in my lane. And you know, we really have to break out of spending money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. And we no. don't, even, no. know. don't even know, you know, and why we're putting Nikes on little children, mm. you know, I, I, I know I'm going to hear it right here. I'll probably get it right here. But why are you spending good money on Nikes for a little child who's going to grow out of them in three and a half yes. weeks right. and who don't know, they won't know Nike from Adidas unless you teach them. Right. It's up to you, mom and dad. Why we do that? Though, uh, remember now. Sometimes we remain financially inept, financially off and not well off because we do things to stay in that condition. And spending money you don't have or spending unwisely is a practice that will cause you to remain in poverty or uh, 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 not reaching your dreams of financial success. You know, this is good stuff, Monica, but, you know, and, and that was the kind of the cultural line there, the ethnic line or the right. racial line. But as we discuss it, I don't think we're going to come up with much different if we discuss it along the sex line or the gender yeah. line, males and females. I don't think we're going to find out much different. Yeah. But one, one thing that I would say uh, uh, about females is that uh, I think for a long time, especially in the African-American community, that uh, some of the older women would teach the younger women to keep you a little something on the side because you don't mm -hmm. know how he's going to act. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Something yes. like that. I've heard that. I, I'm not necessarily <laughs> a proponent of that, but I am a proponent of a woman having a skill. I am a proponent of a woman knowing how to do. And a lot of times in church, especially when we talk about women, we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. Right. Whether she's going to be your prototype of a woman, if she's going to be a model of a woman, that was an industrious, entrepreneurial young, uh, woman yes. who had her house in order. So, and, and like you said, owning a home business. I appreciate that about you. So I am a proponent of a woman having a skill. What do you think? I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, one, I'm looking at her even another perspective of her being a helpmeet where mm -hmm. she needs to be. I mean, we are a helpmeet to our husbands, so there may be times where um, a husband needs a wife to step up or to step in and to help yeah. out, even financially. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm definitely um, feel like they will need a skill. Um, God forbid if anything should happen to a husband, Bingo. whether it's divorce, whether it's death, how it be it, whatever the case might be, or maybe he yeah. becomes disabled. Yes. She may need to be able to step mm -hmm. up and help out and mm -hmm. take on some things so that the family can continue. Yeah. Like all, it all goes full circle. Yeah. That's still even more reason why we must be mindful right now to be yeah. attentive to how we manage our funds yeah. in preparation for the expected and the unexpected. Yeah. That is so true. Absolutely true. I remember a lot of years ago when uh, my wife and I first decided to uh, stay in Japan uh, involved in ministry there. And there was a period there uh, where money was really short supply. 
<laughs> and uh, right. I was pastoring the church, and you know us in our churches, we have pastoral appreciation every year. Yes. Uh, there, there were a few years there when I would pray, and Lord, send the appreciation. <laughs> Lord, Lord, hurry up and send the appreciation. <laughs> we need it, Lord. We need it. But even right. so, when they would do that, we would still give tithes and offerings. Right. We never stop tithing. We never stop giving offering, man. We're going to have to get to that one of these days. That is crucial. When right. you talk about what to do with your money, that's going to be first yes. on the list. But one thing that we did was uh, uh, my wife, she did work. And we needed her to work at that time. And economics today, the economic landscape today is such that most households need both partners yes. to be employed. Yes. In order to make it a certainty to get ahead. Most households need that. There's not really such thing as the man go out and work, bring home the bacon while the wife is. is uh, that, that's, that's the minority of situations right. today. But the majority of households need uh, 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 both partners to get out and work. You yes. know, uh, uh, Monica, I tell you what, my God, this has been good. Uh, and we're running into the thing that I knew we we're going to run into. We're about out of time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I tell you what. Give me one thing. Tell me, tell me one thing okay. that you would like for folks to know. If this were the last time okay. you were going to talk to people about their personal finances, what's one thing you would tell them? Um, other than what we've already said um, mm -hmm. and have hit on, I would tell them to include God in their mm. financial decisions, to bring Him into the room. Yes. Um, you know, let God's word be the chief cornerstone for their financial decisions. Applying His word to their financial dispositions. And to do their part of maintaining you know, that positive financial. Yeah. But God has to be a part of it. And that's just my faith, my yeah. belief. Yeah. You tie. And he said, here will be the devourer for you. You yeah. give and it will be given back to you. Yeah, that's so, good. So, you know, I would, if nothing else, include God mm -hmm. in this thing. In yeah. your marriage, in your relationship, but definitely in your finances as well. Yeah. Because he is the blesser. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate that, Monica. And, and we've got to wind this up. But let me tell you something. Honor God with your finances. Live yeah. below your means. And put something up. Hey, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic tonight. WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. We appreciate everyone listening with us. I certainly want to appreciate my special guest, Sister Monica yeah. Parker. Again, if you're free Saturday morning, come by 2020 Portlock Road, uh, Cathedral of Faith Church of God in Christ. Enjoy our financial workshop. Call me, contact me, inbox me, email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com, Bishop Carl Hodges on Facebook. We're looking to hear from you. We're out of time. We got to go. Remember, <laughs> you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Amen. Peace. God bless, God bless you. you. We're out.